who are about to find the secret of success is in the trash. This is gold. Now they're giving Wall Street a kick in the assets. Working trash. Garbage like that you come across once in a lifetime. A world premiere comedy Monday on Fox. Is Sully still out there doing, rocking the same car mechanic sleeveless look? Oh, he's still with us. He's I know he's still with us, but is he like car mechanic out, or is he? <laughs> does his like car mechanic outfit have like a MAGA symbol on it or some shit? Hey, pal, he's doing the best he's ever did. Go away. <laughs> go he's away. Doing the best he's ever did. Now go away. What was the better I'll band that made? You. Where was the better uh, rock group that just used grunting? Was it Godsmack? Or was it Disturbed, Steve? Disturbed is my shit, but Godsmack, oh, man. Oh. Yeah, they, they got a couple. Disturbed got more than that. but uh, Jordan always like said that they should have had a super group with Sully and the guy from Disturbed, and they could just trade noises, you know? It's almost like a bebop type thing. Okay. Kind of like away. a Michael Wislow, Bobby McFerrin kind of deal. <clears throat> yeah, you know. Just a little team up, a little collab. I, I feel like they probably toured together at some point. You know they fucked a chick together. And that was definitely... <laughs> they ran the choo-choo? Oh, oh, And that was the inspiration. I mean, that was it, dude. History it was a night of grunts. itself at that point. Like a Tim Allen stand-up. Oh, 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 oh. He was probably in the back just watching, dude. It was in the whole 90s fucking menage. God smacks my shit. I ain't gonna say they're my shit, but this album was my shit. I remember buying this fucking album. Oh, I had this, this shit. I had Disturbed. Yeah. I had it all, dude. I mean, there were a lot of misses in that time period, too, but... Godsmack, yeah. they 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 killed it once. This, it's a cheesy this, look, but this summer of '98, man, was a good time for this era of rock. You know, because I think people were kind of over the grunge. That was a thing. People were copying and pasting that too many times. It's like, all right, what's the new wave? And then you know, Corn, Kid Rock, Limp Bizkit, uh, of course, Rage. They were always there. Uh, and then Godsmack, you, they would pop in. I fucks with Creed. I don't give a fuck what people say about Scott Stapp. He is a fucking hardworking American man. Uh, <laughs> he's, he, he's a fucking... He's the... I think he's a Cowboys he, fan, too, so you guys could probably he, vibe on that, he, too. He, dude. He's doing life right, goddammit. <laughs> he does things by the book. He, like, what more could you ask? It's just like John Cena. Like, people hate good people. Just because it's cool. Fuck you people. Leave Scott Stapp alone. Uh, but Creed, they'll throw them in there. I fucked with Offspring, too, before they went, like, poppy and shit. Dude, Smash, dude. 
Something's on. Feel like I'm got you, stupid, dumb shit. Goddamn, motherfucking panic. Oh, dude, that's. I open the glove box, reach inside. Dude, that was sick, dude. Yeah, I mean, I fucked with all those bands, like Green Day, I fucked with them, and then they just got overpopular and oversaturated, so I stopped. I mean, I had 311 yeah. albums, I, I did it all, Steve. There were some hits, but I fucked Man, with Man, you weren't living on the boys. edge, you weren't fucking with Pantera's, I was fucking with Pantera's no. with my black ass in the Midwest. I mean, I knew people that like, I just, you can't ride around and just... Have a nice car ride with some Pantera on Steve. You gotta just be broken. I think I had the one. What was the one with the rattlesnake? Or like there was one with the be snake. Far beyond driven. Yeah. I either had it or somebody had it in my neighborhood, but yeah, shout out Scott Stab. Shout out fucking uh Sully from Godsmack. Fucking rock that goddamn fucking uh mechanics outfit with no sleeves i mean the dude the beast is dead in my soul i have made vengeance for <laughs> my the only one who who carry on this dude? How dare you? Nobody should ever be smirched that. He should have got a fucking Nobel Peace Prize for that shit. He got a Nobel Pussy Prize because he was fucking chicks in that mechanics outfit throughout the country for a good decade, I'd say. Probably still. I mean, I'm sure there's some fucking Godsmack groupies out there now just waiting to get Godsmacked, Steve. Don't get that voodoo. <laughs> Dude. Now go away, Scott. <laughs> Can we hang out? Go away. <laughs> he just fucked me and then just said go away a bunch of times. It was cool, but. And he said, didn't, 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 get back. <laughs> he, he actually did that. He said the whole guitar thing with his. He said the dead, dead, dead. It was weird. I, then uh, Scott Stepp snuck into the room and was like, with arms wide open. And it became a three-way. And it was this whole thing. The beast is dead in my soul. I have made for my intentions. Yes, I'm the one who could carry on. Somewhere in the backstage of like an MTV movie or like video awards, that actually happened, Steve. You a real one for that shit, Scott Stab. That's all I can say, man. Like I can't even like <laughs> clarify that hard enough. You know what I'm saying? He did that shit. He did that shit though. He did do that shit. Dude, I, I'm not gonna besmirch Scott Stab. Shout out Scott Stab. You know, I hope you're out there. I know you're out there. Shit, bro. <laughs> Steve, I had no idea you had this much love for Creed, though. I'm into it. They're, like, same thing. Their first album, not the second one, they, that's when they became a little too commercial, but that first one, it had, like... It got into your emotions, though. It was like, I'm going to start crying, I think, or I'm going to have to go run or do something. I got to do something right now. Told is what they tell me. 
it's like he did Eddie Vedder better. I feel it's it was wow. more intelligible. Yeah, you can understand what he's saying for I'll, sure. I'll Hell yeah, that. yeah, you, you did that shit. And, and you listening, you, Eddie? Yeah, you hear that shit? I stand on that shit. You fucking Cubs fan? You from Seattle? How you gonna borrow cultures? You supposed to be fucking jumping on Cobain's coattails, Alice in Chains coattails in Seattle, and somehow, some way, you a Cubs fan? Oh, okay. Your backstory: you was raised in Chicago, and then you all right? That's convenient. Fuck the Cubs. Never fuck with Pro Jam. Oh, wow, damn. Damn, watch out. Fucking Sandra Bland. Watch out, Sandra, rookie of the year. Steve ain't Sandra gonna Bullock root of for Rock. <laughs> Sandra Bullock of Rock and Roll. Fucking. <laughs> All right. <laughs> damn, coming in hot this week, Steve. Make it hot. You hotter than a VCR on a crack house, Steve. Thank you, God. <laughs> The pleasures of comedians writing their own lines and sitcoms. That's the whole point. Why not, yes. dude? It worked so well. It so did, man. And like it, it's an underappreciated gem, I must say, man. You you don't see it in the the circuits of the Hulus and the HBO Maxes as you should. Um, you know, it it was of course it didn't get the the praise. We're talking about Steve Harvey show, people. Like it, it didn't get uh, a premiere on NBC or Fox or CBS. It, it was WB. In WB, it was a startling network. But man, that bitch lasted for a good while, man. I want to say over a hundred episodes, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, Steve Harvey will not fail. It just is what it is. I mean, the motherfucker's <laughs> been winning. <laughs> I mean, the dude will rock a suit. The dude will have a show. I mean, I looked out. Okay, Steve, I was looking for this show this morning to watch. Because I was like, how, how can I watch Steve Harvey? It's not on any of the streamers. Luckily, he was on YouTube, whatever. I'm searching Steve Harvey in the apps. And on Hulu, Steve Harvey has Steve Harvey Court or something. He's got yeah, family exactly. fucking feud. The guy's working, Steve. So this motherfucker killed it. And I, I was not somebody that watched the Steve Harvey show. I was aware of it. But at this time when this shit was on, I'm thinking in my life, I don't know what it was, but I was not watching like sitcoms a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I think I was more into movies and shit, but a lot of these things went right over my head. So I'm glad I got to watch it because it is good. Yeah, it started in 96, and I mean, we're about to be teenagers around this time, so our sitcom days, as far as, like, scheduling our nights and early evenings around the TV, like, you know, there's internet. There's a lot of this, a lot of video games going on, you know, with my buddies. Yeah, and and you're getting older, so, you know, it's one of those things, it's one of those things. I got a gripe uh, with Romeo in this show, though, Steve. This motherfucker is trying to flex on camera constantly, and it's a little, it's stupid. What's going no, on? Well, that's here? his thing. Romeo, uh, what's mean, going on here, bro? Hate to spoil it for you, but that's his thing throughout the show. He is a, a main cast member, and he's got like this this young LL kind of deal, you know, like I'm the man, you know what I'm saying? Ladies love me kind of deal, and I gotta take my shirt off. He was he was one of those pinup dudes too, like the Jonathan Taylor Thomas, and he was in those magazines, Merlin Santana. He was uh Damn, his name's Merlin Santana. 
Merlin Damn. Santana, man, the the late Merlin Santana. Uh, oh. He would, yeah, he was murdered in the early two thousands, man. And uh, he was a child actor. He was on a Cosby Show in the later years. He was one of Rudy's uh, newer young buddies uh, that she went to school with, and uh, he would pop up on the other stuff. Um, I want to say he was on maybe an episode of T and Tamara. But He's yeah. very familiar face for sure, but uh, yeah. damn, he was murdered. He was murdered, man. And there's different documentaries on that. Uh, there was a, a woman that he was in a uh, relationship with, or at least talking to, and she basically set him up. She set him up, man, uh, out in LA. And they're if they're not doing life, man, they're doing some time. Yeah, all parties involved. It's unfortunate, man. Damn, that's fucking crazy. Well. That's LA for you. That's a bitch. But um, hell yeah, dude. I mean, both of these shows. I mean, I'm a white dude from the Midwest, but I feel like Rock I was aware of too, but I didn't watch it. Um, yeah. But it's, it, I don't know, we'll get to it. But definitely a lot of shit. The music on this list was fucking crazy. This I'm glad August... we get to discuss in too deep, Steve, because I'm, I'm interested in your thoughts on that. Well, we're going to get to it. We shall see. Home Alone is the funniest movie of the year. Rambunctiously funny. We oh! Hysterically funny. Polka, polka. Enormously entertaining. Yes, yes, yes. A fun-filled, side-splitting belly laugh. Excellent. The best comedy of 1990 is Home Alone. Hope we didn't forget anything. Rated PG. Now playing at theaters everywhere. Well, hey, boys and girls, this is Steve G and Mad G with Happened in the 90s, a show where we talk about what happened in the 90s. So get out your Creed CDs and your Jordan 7s and dig through the ditches and burn through the witches and slam in the back of my trailer. Do it, baby. Do it, baby. <laughs> That's a bad motherfucker, bro. multi He's a renaissance man at this point. Thank Who would have thought? For the Rob Zombies. I fucks with the Rob Zombies. Dude, he's he's been around. I mean, I'm trying to think. When did fucking um, what's that one white zombie CD with like um, hit the one song that's in every movie trailer? It's not that one. Yeah, 1960. Ah, yeah. Uh, do you like his movies? I'm not familiar with them enough to say yay or nay. I'm just not big on horror. And I know that's his like shtick, his deal. Yeah. Um, it's like my I'm not like I'm I'm an outlier because apparently that's the most popular genre. I'm like, shit, I, look at my selections. I couldn't tell. I mean, there was a time and place for me with that, but uh, his first two I thought were pretty good. I mean, uh, House of a Thousand Corpses was just, it was fucked up. It was like really fucked up because that was like when Hostel and shit was coming out. So I feel like it was really in the center of that, but it had like Rain Wilson in it. Um, Big forehead. Hell yeah. Sid Haggs in it. Uh, There's a lot of cool people, but uh, I mean, you should check out Devil's Rejects. I'm surprised you haven't seen that one where it's more of like a on the run movie. It's about like a family of psychos and shit. 
I've seen Devil's Rejects. It was cool. I like, yeah. I like There's reality, man. You like reality? Yeah. Like Gummo and shit like that? And that's, that's false reality, but it was just like, it's surreal. Surreal catches me if it's done in a, a, a certain way, man. Like, kids is surreal. It like, it kind of like, it, it really shows a really a reality that some kids are living like smoking cigarettes when you're like in grade school um doing cocaine as a teenager that type of shit it's fucking oh, yeah. true but it's real and it's like in your face i mean you're right i think that's why it's crazy because if you really think about it it's like that is like somebody watching that like is their reality some like rural bufu fuck up in like in gummo state someplace um you know there are people living like that but when you watch it it's like jesus fucking christ dude how do you fucking come up with that shit (laughs) it's like just like that that has to be some shit that he just like heard or talked to somebody about because I don't know how you come up with some shit like that and like write that into a script. I mean, yeah, you you would think, man, there's a lot of like on the fly shit that occurs in those kind of shootings, man. But um, today, my friend, we're talking about all things 825 in the 999. You know, 825 is the area code of Alberta, Canada. Edmonton. Wow. Yeah or calgary calgary alberta canada yeah man uh the the home of the hots shout okay. out to the hots you calling yeah. some canadian phone sex lines steve what's going on how do you know that recently yeah i, hey. I, I like that i'm touching yeah. my pussy eh? hey i'm rubbing my pussy eh? <laughs> Ooh, i'm so place. hot yeah. so hot up here it's so wet hey. <laughs> I, it's something about it man you know it, it makes the jeans <clears> jump I'm having a Tim um, Hortons and fingers. <laughs> okay, it's over. Watching watch it to Mr. Dress Up, eh? <laughs> I don't know why she'd be naked watching Mr. Dress Up. Maybe it's Finnegan, the fucking dog, that does something for her. I don't know. Uh, but starting off in 1991, uh, the series premiere of Rock airs on the Fox Network uh, in its title pilot. Uh, after a hard day's work collecting garbage, Rock Emerson looks forward to relaxing at home with his family. Instead, he argues with his live-in father, Andrew, and finds his wife, Eleanor, leaving for her job as a nurse at the local hospital. Worse, his younger brother, Joey, whom Rock hasn't seen for five years, arrives at the door penniless, homeless, and unemployed. Goddamn, Rock. So, first off, what, this hap- this was 91, okay? And what ep- what network did this air on? Fox? on Fox Network. That's, I just remember it getting a push. Like, I definitely remember this being a thing. This was like, I mean, if you want to simplify it, it's like Black Roseanne. Like, it's same time period, basically, too. I mean, you know, all in the family-ish type shit. It's just like blue-collar family. In a way, modern Sanford and Son. Um, because instead of a junk man, he was a garbage man. And You could say that he had this relationship with his father and, and like a little bit of honeymooners it's a little bit of borrowing like the the dynamic between rock and joey it's kind of like you know ralph and whatever art whatever his name was i mean charles S. Dutt is a badass this um you know it's it's like a comedy i mean there's comedy to it but man it's kind of like sad at points too 
You know what I'm saying? Like they go for the drama a little bit in this. And that was Fox's thing, man. They they experimented, and I give them credit to that in their early stages. Uh, instead of going with the for sure, for sure, all the time that sells. Um, but this is the early '90s, and you know they would mix in like serious shit, man. Um, they would pair this in the later years with a show called South Central, uh, starring a, a young Lorenz Tate, and it only lasted like half of a season. It was like a, a summer like halfway season filler show but um yeah and also i i always uh was fond of the, the woman who plays eleanor rock's wife um she's been in different sitcoms even as a, a recurring uh guest star or something but she's gorgeous um yeah. i don't remember seeing her in anything else but she's great in this yeah, she's a bit player in like some like what they call like black movies you must see before you die. She's been in some of those in the '90s, and um, my wife and kids. I remember she had a recurring role in that. Is that the Damon Wayans one? Yeah. Okay. And uh, Rock is watching The Simpsons on his living room couch, and his dad comes in in the living room and wants to watch The Cosby Show and it becomes this political thing already where you know his dad says i hate to break this to you son but we're black and you know <laughs> i i remember this being a thing uh, between simpsons and cosby show in the thursdays because uh, cosby show held that block down for years and then in comes the new kid on the block and it's like okay it was like the rock and stone cold um which side are you gonna take yeah and uh you know, I, I remember having the same argument, Matt, when, you know, when it came to my music selections, uh, you know, you do, that's that white boy music, Steve, you know, you, you black, what you doing? Well, I, I mean, there were them, kids on the, in like Perrysburg, white kids that would do the reverse. Like if you listen to rap as a white kid, they'd be like, you're listening to rap. You're not listening to God's sm- It's like, okay. <laughs> Whatever. And I would tell them, I'm doing the best I ever did. Go, Go away. away. And uh, when his dad goes upstairs, he starts his uh, practice argument. You know, when I, I do that sometimes. And shit. Yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, this is what I'm gonna say to him. And uh, you kind of get oh, the yeah. backstory in his practice argument because he's saying like, you know, when mom died, you know, I, I said that you could move in with me, blah blah blah. And then like as he's doing this, his wife Eleanor comes out of the kitchen with her uh, RN garb on, mm. and uh, you know, she he's trying to get freaky dicky. I mean, he tries to take her into the closet, Steve. He doesn't give up. Yeah, try to play, play hide the salami in the closet. Look, uh, I know you got to work all day, but let me just get a crack at it real quick. Let's hop in this closet. He's got to sterilize patients and whatnot. (laughs) I can't go reeking a pussy juice, Rock. And she asked him to watch L.A. Law for her. Uh, because this is before streaming, TiVo, the internet, and uh, he's a garbage man who can't afford a VCR. Um, Eleanor, she's on her way to work. And after that, we get a knock on the door and it's Rock's brother, Joey. And Eleanor says that Rock's going to be happy to see you because it's been some time. Uh, So Joey comes in the kitchen and Rock is not impressed at all. He's like, Joey, you you got that money oh. <laughs> yeah, i mean he gets right to it some bad blood it seems it seems like joey left it's been a while i think he said five years is that yeah. what they said 
And he's like, I think he says he's a... He's a jazz musician. There you go. And uh, he recently ran into a telephone pole and buzzed his trumpet playing lips. And his girlfriend's <laughs> husband apparently hmm. made this happen. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, got, he took one to the face. He can't play the trumpet. So, you know, what can a musician do if not mooch off his brother who has a house and get a free, you know, stay for a little bit? So he shows up. Rock's dad, uh, which I'm glad I never had to deal with this, but, you know, Rock's dad gives Rock a hard time, obviously. He has to yell at a chair. He's got to live with the dude. Joey comes in, and Rock's dad's like, my boy! It's all love, you know? Get this motherfucker a drink, Rock. Get out of here. You know, there's a lot of that. I'd be like, god damn. Would you watch The Simpsons? I heard that was a great show. I'd be glad to watch it with you. What the fuck? What Motherfucker, you said that was some white shit. Yeah. Motherfucker said Larry Bird was black. His real name is Abdul Mustafa. <laughs> uh, and uh, so, Rock, you know, the good dude that he is, because bottom line in this show, this dude seems to be like the best dude. So he's like, you know what? Fuck you, but you can stay at my house. You know, you could stay. Uh, they have oh. more of a talk, and his brother's like, so what are you doing now? He's like, oh, man, Shit. I'm a garbage man. <laughs> and he paints, it's rosy, Steve. It's a it's a great I mean, job. He's painting it. Rock, yeah, dude. He's painting it. He's like, <laughs> Joey's like, but nah, for real, though. Like, what you doing, bro? Like, What's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Like, and I must say, man, I, I forgot to mention, like, the, the interludes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I appreciated the rock interludes. This shit is so soulful. <laughs> and then just what, whatever the still image is, it's like a Cheers image almost, you know? It's like one yeah, of those things. But, but sepia tone. Yeah. <laughs> we need to have that for this episode. I'm going like to pull it. I'll get it. I'll get it. Uh, no. But we, we find out that it's Eleanor's birthday tomorrow. And, uh, you know, Joey, he, he's going to ask Rock if he can borrow $20 or if he could just borrow money uh, for his great sister-in-law. And he just feels ashamed to let her birthday pass without I'm getting so her I'm so sorry, man. Yeah. I'm sorry. She's, a, she's been a, such a good sister to me, man. I just need a 20 Oh, and also, Steve, before we get to this, we also need to remember that not only is Rock a garbage man who's gotten himself a ho- this house, Steve. He's not thrilled with it. It's not his dream house, but it's, you know, it's a house. You know what I'm it's saying? A house. But what he's filled this house with, Steve, is not new things. It's not even old things that you find at a thrift store. It's stuff out of the garbage, Steve. The couch, that nice shelf on the wall, that little thing, the little accoutrement. This is all shit that the garbage man's pulled out of the garbage and put it in his house, Steve. And I don't, I don't like that. Yeah, either in the garbage or around it, somewhere in, in the nether regions of a BFI canister. Yeah, um, ditch maybe, you know, gutter, maybe just outside somebody's house. But he's giving his wife presents uh, in the past that are made of garbage, and his whole house is furnished in garbage. And I've oh. lived like this when I lived in LA, Steve. You see a nice couch on the road, get it. I can't get a new couch. Is it infested with bed bugs? Most likely, but hey, 
them's the breaks. You know what I'm saying? And apparently that's how Rock's living his lifestyle. So. Yeah. And he even got his wife's birthday gift from the fucking dumpster. And he got her a VCR so that she can actually watch LA Law. And mm -hmm. so he gives Joey a 20 spot and Joey turns around and bets it on a fucking horse. <laughs> yeah, dude, he's got guys. a bookie and everything. I love this, Steve. This ain't, there's no fucking apps. There's none of that. He's got to call a guy and put that money down, you know? As soon as I hit a new town, I, where's the plug? I get it. Who, who got it? <laughs> this motherfucker. I mean, take the 20, but so Joey, right off the bat, I'm not respecting it. But apparently the guy's a gambling addict. It is what it is. He only got a 20 out of rock at this point. So I guess there's something to be said for that. Yeah. Um, I you know, got her a framed portrait of Malcolm X. Yeah. And I mean, there's already plenty of portraits of Malcolm X in the house. But, you know, I guess really just get that message pounded down. You know, you got to have a, it's a shrine at this point, Steve. They might bring him back to life. I don't know. There might be some like mystic energy happening here. I don't know what's going on. Enough pictures, something could happen. But I don't like that. Here's the thing also though. Rock's gonna give his wife a VCR. And that's fine, Steve. But this is 91. VCRs, very pricey machines. Get a used one. But the fucking one he picks up doesn't even work. He's gotta take it to the whiz or whiz to go get the shit fixed yeah. steve and, but not because he's a wizard but because he has a kidney problem <laughs> is that what it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> well apparently he's got a kidney problem but can fix a vcr so i mean he's got that go that's how he pays for the dialysis he like to pee on himself this motherfucker can't have alcohol. He gets all crazy. He has to go to the hospital. It's crazy, but motherfucker is a motherfucker with some VCRs. So yeah. uh, <laughs> he gets up at some, you know, Eleanor's working nights. Rock's here during the day. He's hanging out with his his bitter ass dad and his brother Joey. Um, he's discussing the gift at some point with his dad. And then Joey walks in fucking cock of the walk he's got a new suit he maybe he's hot tongue out with steve harvey steve man because this motherfucker walks pigeon. in just suited and booted yeah dressed like a fresh pigeon <laughs> dressed like a friend and he's kind he's coming in not only in a fresh suit steve he's coming in with fucking gift bags galore he's got his dad a silk robe he's got fancy gloves for rock and even got a more updated modern BCR for Eleanor. And <laughs> what the fuck, man? Rock is upstage for his wife's birthday. That's like whipping out your junk and he's got like three inches on you. Like, how fucking, I, I gotta kill you now. She's seeing you like, <laughs> what I am gotta, I gonna like, do? I'm Give sorry. her this? <laughs> like, right. Like, she just saw Bobar, like, like, there's, and you live with me? Like, what about when I go to work? She's get this curiosity. I gotta kill you, bro. But here's the thing, Steve. He got he got a better version, but it's stolen. He bought it for like thirty bucks off some, uh, maybe off the Wiz. I I don't remember who, if that's who nah, he got it off of. But he got it from Dwayne down the street. Oh, Shiesty Dwayne. Yeah, that's what's yeah, happening. Yeah. But you know, Rock at first is like kind of like takes it, but it, then he goes into a rage, Steve. He goes into a classic 
you think you can play me rage that I've gone through many a times where you're like, how the, what? And then he takes his shit and just smashes it. Just smashes this piece of shit. I tried to get my wife a trash piece of shit, BCR. Fuck it. What grade are we in, sir? You need a moment. And he wakes, I mean, and then his wife fucking wakes up because this is at night or this is in the morning and she's trying to get some sleep. She comes out and she's like, what the fuck's going on? Rocks destroyed his VCR. Then in solidarity, motherfucking Joey destroys his VCR. Then in solidarity with that, Pops destroys the picture of Malcolm X, which kind of disrespectful more so than a VCR, but... You know, it is what yeah. it is. They got plenty to. They, there's plenty there. They're they're giving pl- the notion homage. has been felt. Yeah, but Just breaks it over his knee. Eleanor comes down and is like, "What's going on?" And they've destroyed all of her birthday gifts. So what a great way to come downstairs, and rightfully so. She is not happy, Steve. But she's sexy, all... but she's not happy at this. Somebody's not getting laid. Let's put it like that. Even after they all embrace, all three of them embrace. She's still like, "What the fuck." And she basically reads them their rights. She's like, you a bitch, you a bitch, Rock, you a motherfucking bitch. Get your shit together. And then she goes up, she goes to work, I think. And Rock's sitting there and he's in his thought. He just has to like contemplate his manhood at this point, you know? Man, he was up all night. Mm. He had to just, he had to like get his thoughts together. He had to get his, his shit right. Uh, and then next morning, like time lapse, he's in a chair in the morning. Uh, his wife comes home and she's like, what's going on? He's like, baby, I had to think about all night. What the craziest thing that I could give you would be because basically her thing was like, why do you have to be so cheap all the time? Can't you like to show that you love somebody? go outside of the box and do something that's not you know buy some crazy shit or do something that's not rational whatever that is people were throwing suggestions at the bar and somebody said take a trip to new york someone said a male stripper pop suggests a pony but rock fucked around and got her address and it wasn't on sale and that's huge for rock because he's cheap I mean, his wife almost gushes just hearing it wasn't on. Fuck the price. She was just like, it wasn't on sale. You didn't buy this in a fucking, in the bin at Walmart? Okay. He got her, he got her one of Miss Elizabeth's dresses from 86. And now Eleanor's ready to fuck. Until she saw how much he paid for that shit. $1,000. $1,000 for it. And she loses it. I mean, I, you took 26 off of that total, Steve. It was 1026. This motherfucker went the t- first here's my thing steve L- living and being married i would never buy any clothing for my wife without her being there there's no way i'm not buying a, a off i'm not buying a thousand dollar dress and she's not involved at least she's not there you can't do that so yeah whatever he wanted to do something nice and she's she gets pissed at this she's like you mother Ten one thousand dollars. This is what are you crazy? And then after that, he's like, you know what? It is crazy, but I love you. And she's like, aw, that's sweet. And then he's like, but. And then a fucking uh, so who comes in next? Is it the is it the pony? The pony. Well, 
Marijuana affects the memory. No, the violinist. No. Yeah, the violinist Joey walks violinist. down the stairs and she's like, what the fuck? And he's like, yeah, and I got you this because that's crazy too. And then dad comes out with the pony, which is even crazier because what are you going to do with this fucking pony? Crazy fuck. And then not only did he do all this, Steve, he got her two plane tickets to Manhattan to a show. To a night at the Plaza Inn that Kevin McAllister may be staying at very soon. The grand total of little over $2,000. Hmm. And <clears throat> that's one third of the down payment for the house that they want to eventually move into. A house that Rock literally describes like he's going to come describing this house that he gets to live in because his dad will be living in a separate part of it. You know what I'm saying? He's got his little bachelor pad exactly so um you know that causes a little bit of contention and then she looks at him i love this because man this is this is some wife shit she's like do you know how many motherfucking garbage cans you gotta empty to fucking pay this back and that's just like playing him and his job all in one thing so ouch yeah and he actually does know how many garbage cans that it takes to pay this back because he's had to do the math because he's that worried about it. So, um, but I mean, shout out Rock. That's a great, how are you going to enjoy all that? You know what I'm saying? I feel like, are you going to cancel some of that? Are you going to get some refunds? What's going to go on here? Because there's a se- severe financial hit that this family just took. And I think Joey's probably going to get a little more of that money because he is a gambling addict. That, that That's not really covered too much in this, but Joey's probably going to get shot at some point. You know, he's going to have a um, uncut actually, gems moment. <laughs> yeah, he, he does get shot. Uh, a couple people get shot in this show. I mean, it's just <clears throat> on reality. Well, I will say that, and that's basically the end. Rock and his wife laugh. It's stupid, but he did it. And he did it because he loves Eleanor. And Eleanor's like, you got all this, but where's the male stripper at? And Rock's like, you looking at him, girl. And then, you know, that's basically the end of the episode. But I will say, when you say it gets dramatic, I watch this on YouTube. So, like, there's suggestions of other videos. And I was like, wait a second. Was Pinky from Next Friday in this show? And I think Pinky plays like a thug character in this show that's like a neighborhood like tough. And I think maybe Rock's nephew gets put in jail for shooting somebody or something. I I don't know, but it seemed to get really real at some point, you know? And this is towards the end, man. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But uh, on that same day, 1991, the 43rd Emmy Awards airing. Uh, it was held on Sunday, August 25th, and the ceremony was broadcast on Fox from the Pasadena Civic Auditorium in Pasadena, California. The network TNT received its first major nomination at the ceremony. For its ninth season, Cheers won Outstanding Comedy Series for the fourth time, tying all in the family's record. Cheers spinoff, Frasier, would later break this record, ultimately winning it five in a row. Cheers also received the most major nominations with 10 and major awards with four during the ceremony. In the drama field also saw a four-time winner crowned as LA Law won Outstanding Drama Series for the fourth time in five years. It's the end. Look at Cheers. I wonder if Kelsey was on stage. How many times was Kelsey Grammer a winner on the Emmy stage? 
man. Jesus. More than fingers on the hand. Uh, Was he just like tossing Emmys into his garage? He's like, here's another one. Fucking, these things just, they're too big. (laughs) They take up too much space. And James Earl Jones, uh, he joined an exclusive club as he won two acting Emmys for his work on two different series. This was also hosted by Dennis Miller, babe. Hey, babe. It's the Emmys, babe. It's like the Pope going to a bar mitzvah in the fucking Poconos, babe. This is the Olsen twins. At the, like, well, part of the Olsen twins. <laughs> this is the torso of the Olsen twins. Look at Danny fucking Tanner there. Look how, right, look man. at those graphics. See, I could get that as a stock, like, layout on the editing program, and that probably costs, like, a million dollars to produce that. Look at that shit. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I just don't get watching these. I don't get why it was ever a thing to televise this. I know you gotta fill time, but fucking spending your money on something better than this shit. I don't wanna watch sexy people in tuxedos on stage like this. see the best of the best, Matthew. But on that same day in 1991, Carl Lewis runs the 100 meter in 9.86 seconds. Could you do that? I could. What's your time, Steve? I could do that in four, Carl Lewis. <laughs> I wish, dude. Carl Lewis. I mean, how many Olympics did he go to? That was like the face of American track for a decade, I think. Yeah, until Michael Johnson. He kind of Carl Lewis was kind of like the late '70s throughout the '80s. I think his his shine was mo- mostly in the '80s. Okay. Yeah. Michael but, Johnson. Okay, I remember that too. Someone who probably didn't know about any of that shit. 1991 was Cubs Doug DeShinjo. He commits his first career error after 242 games. Man, that's a streak. Do it, Doug. The Desenzo? Douglas Douglas Craig Desenzo. Ohio and Pennsylvania boy. 5'8. I feel like I could we could just crack Doug Desenzo in the fucking mouth, Steve. 5'8? Probably should. See <laughs> Damn, Steve, what's up with your hate on what do you do when you watch Rookie of the Year? Fuck the Cubs. Damn. Funky butt loving. God. I don't watch man. it anymore. I don't watch it. After after they beat the Indians. You don't you won't even watch rookie of the year? You got a fucking Fuck vendetta that. out against I'd that? rather watch I'd rather watch Funky any other baseball loving, movie. Steve. <laughs> yeah. Motherfuckers. Wow. I'd rather watch Sandlot. Well, I mean, we, I think we'd all rather watch Sandlot, but I'm just saying, it's still a, it's not a bad movie, Steve. Doesn't have Daniel Stern in it? Yeah. Yeah, so let's let's hold off on the hatred here, Steve. I know the Cubs hate is just rubbing off a little, but you seem real salty today. I don't know what it is. Did well, I say something? Is that what it is? Is that? Are, are you I don't just... fuck with the Cubs, man. Okay. Funky. All right, dude. 
my bad. My <laughs> I didn't know this was like a set in stone rule that you have. Don't fuck with my money, and I don't fuck with the Cubs. Those are my two fucking pet peeves, motherfucker. So that's why I'm glad you fucking committed your first error, Doug DeSinjo, yeah, after 242 bitch. games. You motherfucking high. Rain on your day, bitch. 1992, <laughs> August 25th, Bobby Brown releases the album Bobby. And that's the one with, ain't nobody humping around. Get up off my back. Is that his back? Nobody, nobody else. Yeah, and he's got like a leather, like, I don't know. <laughs> what the fuck leather, is he lit wearing, Steve? Like a patent leather, I don't know, like backless fucking. He looks like he's in wear. a sex club in the Matrix or some shit. That's weird, but nobody. hey, shout out to Bobby Brown. I mean, <laughs> Brown. I'm more of a new edition guy, but Bobby Brown, he's he's fine. It's, I mean, it's one of those things, man. Chicken or the egg, like you know that it, he's my favorite member of New Edition. I mean, I think he's probably everybody's favorite member of New Edition, but the backlit. I don't like seeing the backless shirt, leather strap, hammity doodle thing that he just had on there. It's not. That's a little weird. And, and this is the one that's got the the duet with Whitney Houston we got something in common that's all I got what year was this 92 1992 <sighs> they're getting that Colombian right this time back to the big, big brown also in 92 MC search releases the album return of the product and uh, this album, one of the releases was uh, Back to the Grill Again, The Grill Again, Back to the Grill Again, The Grill Again. And that song featured Chub Rock, Red Hot Lover Tone, and a young man who goes by the name Nasty Nines. Um, this was before he would even make his debut album with Illmatic years later. Um, but Nasty Nines, <laughs> he drops a hot 16. Uh, MC Search, he would later be in executive in the music industry and also on television he put together the white rapper show it was like a one season show on bh1 i believe um i watched it faithfully it was pretty good um he was also in bamboozle he was one of the the guys in mile mall that got uh he was the he was the the white guy in mile mall that the the cops let go like they basically like arrested all of his black friends and they were like no man you can go but he's like no this is bullshit. that's mc search so he would go on to be an actor as well um but in 1993 the man without a face premiered in theaters chuck wants to leave home but can't make the grade for boarding school then he finds out that this figured recluse living nearby is an ex-teacher directed by racist ass Melly gibson's and starring him with margaret witten and nick stahl yeah, I mean, this was one of those movies you saw on, like, the the rack at the movie rental place, but I never saw sure. this shit. I knew Mel Gibson was in it. I was like, isn't that a Mel Gibson? I didn't know he directed it. I'm not surprised. Yeah. He's a director, but, yeah, you know. He looks like Two-Face. He looks like he has half face, half scrotum, and that's fine, you know? That's kind of what he looks like inside. They put him in a room with me. That's how they prepared him for this look. 
I'm Freddy Krueger. I mean, it's just... What happened to him in the school? Did he get I fucking... I beat the fuck out of him. Is that what it was? That's <laughs> how he became a man without a face. gave me five across the face. Yeah, I... Look, this, like, this is like five bass runes. Each fucking knuckle, motherfucker. Okay. <laughs> I'm all hey, dude. Man. Mm. Steve is just in it today. He's in the zone. And I don't... Mel Gibson could probably use an ass kicking. But here's what I got to say, Steve. Mel Gibson seems to have that, like, hateful energy where he'll just, like, eat the punch and then just be like, he'll smile at you and, like, spit a tooth out. So I'm I'm behind you. uh, But I feel like we're going to... We're in for a little bit of a fight if we go up against Melly Gibson's. Even now. Even now. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, he's a racist lunatic, so you got to deal with that. And then once you kind of crack that open, you're good. But, you know, who knows, man? Melly Gibson might hate us to death. I don't know. And he's, that's terrifying. I thought this movie was one of those, like, you know, those 90s, like, heartfelt, like, oh, there's a message here. Like, don't judge a book by its cover. Is this a horror movie or is this a (laughs) uplifting movie? It's a piece of shit because it stars Mel Gibson. And it's like, oh, I I didn't make the grade to go to. It sounds like a pussy ass movie. I didn't make the grade to go to boarding school. Oh, there's a freak living next door. Let me look. Let's look at his face for like an hour and a half. Oh, at first I wanted to puke, but then he let me smoke cigarettes in his basement as long as I just hung out. And then we became best friends. The end. Why? Oh, I'm a kid. I can look past your insecurities. Oh, the, your fucking face looks like Listen a Listen up, you little bitch. <laughs> it's like that Clint Eastwood movie where he's just racist to Asian people all the time and just like saying crazy shit. It's like, damn, dude. I've been up on this hill fucking watching these people, these fucking animals down there. This summer, Mel Gibson hates all fucking races. He hates the you know Hollywood, don't <laughs> He hates the Jews. He hates Koreans. All facets of Asia. He hates Africans. He he hates everything colored. Mel he Gibson. Said Mel Gibson couldn't hater. say certain words. What did Mel Gibson do? He said them all. <laughs> Even that one. You know that one with the hard ER at the end? He said it. Yeah, wink, wink. This summer. So fuck him in his movies and his half fucking corned beef hash face. In 1993, on that same day, who also wasn't watching this shit, was probably Bronson Pinchon. Uh, it's, his series is airing its final episode, uh, The Trouble with Larry on CBS. It only lasted six episodes. Uh, and Bronson Pinchel is Larry Burden, a man returning home onto Syracuse after being presumed dead for many years. CBS gave the series an early start by premiering it in late August, three weeks after Pinchel's previous series, Perfect Strangers, finished its run on ABC. However, after poor reviews and three weeks of bad ratings, the series was canceled before the official TV season it was even have been a part of had even begun. Um, yeah, it sounds horrible, uh, but it started Bronson Pinchon and I fucks with Balky. You know, that, that was, I fucks with the Balkies. That's why, I mean, that's why he got this show. 
That's why he got it. Whatever the fuck it was called, they were like, look, dude, you got a lot of heat, but we couldn't afford to pay that other guy to be in the show with you. So you think you got this? And they were, he was like, yeah, of course. And then this happened. Standing tall on the ways of my dreams. Rise and flow. Uh, but on that same day in 93, the series premiere of Tall Hopes airs. Uh, and that lasted six episodes. Um, and this was a, a early starring vehicle for George Wallace, basically. Um, he plays the father, uh, the mom from Friday, Anna Marie Horsford. She plays the the wife, uh, George and Lainey Harris. And it also has a young Terrence Howard as the eldest son. Oh, man. Motherfuckers, man. Man. Motherfuckers, man. You're gonna have me have a flat top, man, with a varsity jacket, man, on CBS, man. I'm here with George Wallace, man. This shit's so old that fucking Terrence Howard could play a high school kid. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. And the, and the little brother is the brother <laughs> from uh, Parenthood. He's the older brother on Parenthood in the middle. Oh, wow. Damn. <laughs> hey, I'm such a nerd. Uh, and on that same day, the final episode of Delta aired on ABC. It only lasted 17 episodes. Now how am I going to find my fat white women on Damn, television? Balky got six and Delta got 16? What the fuck? Uh, Delta? Is this Delta Burke, Steve? Delta Burke. She plays Delta Bishop, a young woman with dreams of riding and singing country woman. music. There's, you stop it right there. A young woman, <laughs> Steve? <laughs> A young woman with dreams that's 45 put, fucking years old. And that's so rude. They put they got her wearing pink in the promotional picture, man. As if Babe doesn't shout out to you enough. There's this lady in L.A. I think she's still alive. That was like infamous. She made fucking she would drive around in like a pink uh, convertible all the time. And she had huge tits and blonde hair. And she looks like this chick. It's very much the same thing. That chick, it was crazy. She would like have billboards up and it was just like a billboard for her, but she doesn't have any. It's just, she's just her. There's nothing. There's no business. There's no album. There's no, yeah. Maybe a fucker. I I don't know. Maybe she's fucking. I don't know, but she's out there. Hey, Los Angeles. I got titties. (laughs) I'm 60 and got some 30 year old titties. Delta, uh, Delta Burke. I don't know, Steve. We watched Pretty Woman once, and I think what was the guy's name in that? The the Shining Light, the black dude. Uh, oh, de- you said Pretty Woman, Designing Woman, Designing Women. <laughs> sorry, Meshack Taylor. Yeah, Meshack. I mean, Delta Burke. Get out of here with this young woman, please. Yeah. Shit. Hey, back in the eighties, though, I smashed. Uh, Nineteen ninety-four series premiere of My So-Called Life aired on ABC. Uh, it's one of those coming of age. Needed to have some kind of graphic every time I say coming of age, like Pee Wee Herman's magic word. Uh, a fifty-year-old girl and her trials and tribulations of being a teenager, and dealing with friends, guys, parents, and school. Starring Claire Danes. That's who it was. I was like, who is in this? Claire Danes. What happened to Claire Danes? She, I don't know. She might be dead. She always looked malnourished to me. Well, like it was like her like... and Gwyneth Paltrow, I feel like, were like going head to head. And at some point, it's... like, she just went away. Maybe she was just like, fuck this. No, she's still alive. I don't know. No, I know she's, she's alive. I'm just saying, like, work-wise, you don't see uh, Claire Danes in anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Well, yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow took that pale. Uh, she took all the pale roles. Yeah, and Sarah yeah, Michelle she... Gellar's the 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 Jennifer Love Hewitts from her era, her generation. Yeah, but you know this this was one of those cult following deals because it only lasted nineteen episodes. But I remember people seeking these uh, uh, CD collections when I worked at Best Buy. Oh, you all sold out of my so-called life. Oh, gotta get. And, and it would be like girls, Come on, well, baby. Well, like women, my like around my age when this came out was it '94? It's like, uh, how how do how do prepubescent or adolescent girls deal with life? just becoming a woman and i just don't know how to deal with it wasn't there like a sexy dude in this though wasn't leto in this or somebody somebody was in this that was like a dude because it wasn't just claire danes there had to be some guy that the chicks were like gush gush on you know i think it was leto but that doesn't whatever i wasn't watching it but it was a thing i know my wife loved this show of course, it was Jared Leto. I knew it. I was like, there's some guy in this that's like, it's it's like when Johnny Depp was in um, 21 Jump Street. You know, they got him yeah. early. Now Jared Leto's like a fucking uh, cult leader. It's very weird. Aren't they all, man? Aren't they all? In 1995, Desperado premiered theaters. Uh, a former musician and gunslinger, El Mariachi, arrives at a small Mexican border town after being away for a long time. His past quickly catches up with him, and he soon gets entangled with the local drug kingpin, Bucho, and his gang. Directed by Robert Rodriguez, starring Antonio Banderas, Salma Hayek, Cheech Marin, Steve Buscemi, <laughs> Danny Trejo. I love this movie. It's fucking, I love Robert Rodriguez movies. Um... This was like, because there was El Mariachi before this that was like the real deal, like pay $2,000 and make a movie movie that was still good. Groundbreaking. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what got everybody's attention. But this, man, I mean, I remember somebody in my neighborhood got this and we were young, but we, it was like, you know, this is a radar movie. And this was one of those first ones where just like me and the boys, everybody just watched this shit over and over again. It's got people jumping over tables, slow-mo, like John Woo fucking action in it and shit. I love this shit. All of that machismo that we loved in the 90s. Well, and still love and appreciate. I love when Cheech is giving like, and it's always the description of, um, Antonio Banderas in these movies, but he's like, he was like the biggest fucking Mexican I ever saw. Cause it's like, it's like one of those tall tale things. He's telling like this crazy story about him, but the villain's great in this. And, um, I mean, I, I've said it a lot on this. I say it all the time to anybody, but Robert Rodriguez is still one of my favorite directors. He does more TV now, but he's an inspiration to me. And he definitely like, even in this DVD, he had a film school extra on his DVDs, and he always did that and encouraged like amateur and you know low-budget filmmakers and gave them tips and stuff. So for that, he's awesome, and his movies are all dope. So for the most Big part, big head bounce for Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, uh, in uh, that following year, 1996, the series premiere of the Steve Harvey Show airs on the WB. 
Steve Arby's episode is Back to School. A former funk star named Steve Hightower enlists as a high school music teacher away from his original career in Chicago. Which is funk legend, apparently. <clears throat> Did not watch. You t- we talked about it, but one thing right away, the goddamn theme song to this. Did this win jazz awards? I mean, this shit's just silky, Steve. And I do love his fake name, Steve Hightower. It's powerful. I like that. With the lace front high top fade. And I mean, he comes in just pimp walking. First shot is just him walking and talking to the camera, basically explaining where he's at now, where he came from. Um, he was a funk uh, musician. Uh, he's broke now. And now he has to so work. In, he's very broke. Very, very. Off his broke. refrigerator light. <laughs> so now he has to get a job at the uh, local high school um, that his brother, I think his friends with Cedric, and he got them his job as uh, the music teacher there, which a little bit of an adjustment. He comes in looking just, I mean, he's got a fucking three piece suit on, Steve. And I, you wouldn't expect anything less from Steve Harvey, but you a music teacher, bro. You can come in in some fucking jeans and a t shirt. What's up with this? And Steve's checking in in the office to talk to the principal, and he meets Stanley Bullethead Kaznaki, uh, and uh, he's going to be one of the main characters on the show. And uh, he's later greeted by fellow teacher slash coach Cedric Jackie Robinson, played by the legend Cedric the Entertainer. And uh, Principal Greer, with her fine ass, she comes out of the office, and we are introduced to her. Uh, and Steve is asked to come into her office and Principal Greer says he's going to be a teaching art and drama as well as music. Um, budget Steve cuts. Immediate, budget cuts, yeah. And Steve immediately is kind of like, man, what? Why is she tripping so hard, man? She's got a stick up her ass. Yeah, she's very, she's aggressive. She, he keeps saying it throughout the episode. She'll just start grilling him. She'll take him to the side, say something. It's just like, man, did I like far in your face? What's yeah. going on here? You know, I know you know some. Some's going on. Do we fuck? And I mean, he, this I guy shower. was a funk fucking musician. He's he was out there. I mean, you know, it could be it could have happened. You never know. Steve Hightower. Steve. There's going to be a lot of Steves here. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know what to do. Now, but Steve starts his class and no one's paying attention. And until he hits a few notes on the sax. And Romeo, he comes in class with that boombox, and he's played by the late great Merlin Santana. Uh, he's got to make an entrance, and he even makes out with his girlfriend Sophia in front of the class, and uh, I, which I never understood because I, I watched this uh, in in real time when it was coming out. I'd be like, why are you fucking with her, man? Like, she's got like a cartoonish face, and. <laughs> it's just fucking drill. Fuck it. Why are you going for the ugly chick? I, yeah. I'm with you though, Steve. I, there's another girl, the the black chick. That's Sarah. like, I, I'm the I'm the face one. I'm the one beauty of this class or whatever. That chick's hot. But she Sophia, was. Sophia's. You know, if you like that, if you're into that. But that kind of looks like. Did you ever see Con Air? She looked like you she said looks she like, looked like Castor Troy. <laughs> no, she looks like fucking. There's like a little Puerto Rican dude in that. That's like a like a little fucking um, boy hoe in it. And he's, 
she looks like that dude with the wig so popsicle sticks sorry about that but you know it looks like it's steve her birthday Buscemi. steve it. that's it it's her birthday that's bitch it. it's her birthday bitch Mr. i don't give a fuck it's my birthday romeo's supposed to be getting me some shit that's it this, this is, but that's here's the like thing, it. Steve. Romeo is not getting her some shit, and he's like, yeah, "What the fuck's going on here?" And he has to, shit. he has to leave. Like at some point, I think he just like has to take a break and leave. So he talks to it. He leaves, and Cedric's outside. Cedric, I don't know what his job. He's a gym teacher, clearly, but he doesn't and really. He's, a coach. he's out all the time. He's not. <laughs> yeah. He's like. He's always taking breaks. <laughs> that's what so, makes it funny. And, yeah, man, I, I told the players to go run 17 laps. I got to <laughs> yeah, dip dude. out and like, like heat up a hungry man dinners. <laughs> but Steve's like, I can't do these. I mean, what am I doing here? Look at this. This suit ain't made for this fucking school. I can't be talking to these kids. There's two kids about to have sex in my class. And you, you didn't know? say anything about me teaching drama and art. I don't know shit about art. And it's and Cedric, just like, apparently oh. kind of did. He's like, oh, oh, oh. But it's clear he knew about this. And he, and Steve's pissed about that. He's a little overwhelmed. You know, it's a new situation, Steve. And then oh. he still doesn't know what's up with Pris- Principal Greer. Like, dude, holler at her, man. Like, she tripping. And uh, they go back in the class, and now Romeo is arguing with Sophia because he forgot her birthday. And... He tries to calm him down and, you know, he tells him that like, hey, uh, I used to be one of the Commodores or I almost was one of the Commodores. I don't know where that came from. What he does first, though, because Cedric's like, look, man, fuck these kids. You know what you do? Make an example. Kick a couple out. Kick the ones that are mouthing off out and it'll it'll set an example. So he goes back in and sees the fight and he's like, look, sexy flexy with your chest out and Sophia, you're out get out of my class and he takes them out and they start explaining what they're arguing about which is hilarious it is a very high school argument it's stupid and he's like you're sit out here and he just lets them out and sit on the fucking steps <laughs> and goes back into the class and is like look first of all let me just speak in a language everybody understands and he'll pick up a sax and be like you know, oh, just, we get it now. Flex it out, you know. But then Principal Greer, she calls Steve into the hallway now. And Romeo and Sophia, they're sitting on the hallway. And she tells him that you're not the cool guy on campus that you were in high school. Um, she alluded to that. And basically telling him that you can't be just like kicking the kids out. You have to have patience and understanding all of that gibberish, uh, which is why I can never be a fucking teacher. I mean, fuck the kids. Yeah. Um, Definitely. She then proceeds to put on some grandma glasses and she's got Steve thinking again, like high school, where the fuck that shit come from? That's random. Or was it? Mm. Dun, dun, dun. But we don't know yet. So, but she's got this energy, Steve. There's some, it's just like, man, I must've just like, so I did some, you know, he knows something's but, up. Like when Sid pops up, this, ha- I played this back like three or four times. He's like, Hey man. She, I know she kind of strict, but she sure got some gravy on that bitch. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's one of many lines that this dude lays down. Um, and then we go back into class, and you know, now Romeo's back, Sophia's back. Steve's trying to get a rain on these kids, 
and he's like, Romeo, put a fucking shirt on. And Romeo's like, hell, I ain't putting a shirt on, Mr. Hightower, fuck you. And then he has to, again, take a kid out of class. And like, he's like, yo, man, what the fuck's up? Why are you doing this? <laughs> Kill me. He's like, you need those clothes and a fat woman to lay next to. Like, <laughs> he's like, it's yes. Chicago. Yeah. But he here's the thing, and he's like, he's not really mad at him being. He's like, why didn't you buy Sophia a gift, man? Why didn't he's like trying to help him out? And he's like, look, dude, buy Sophia a gift. Do you know? Stop being a bitch, basically. And at some point, like he sort of gets through to Romeo a little bit. He's like, you could see him starting to make a crack. So like, I think at some point he sort of gets. I don't remember exactly how it happens, but he talks to him. Um, and then, oh yeah, he goes to the next period and he sees Romeo sitting on the steps. It's like between, it's like five minutes into the next period. He's like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? And again, this yeah. is why I don't like Romeo. He's like, I gotta be fashionably late. I'm motherfucking Romeo. I gotta make an entrance, Mr. Hightower. It's like, all right, dude, this is high school, bro. What are you gonna do? Pop them titties like fucking uh, OG Triple OG Terry Crews? What are you doing, man? <laughs> but he's like, yo, man, why? Because I think somebody gave, I think Sophia gave him money, or somebody gave him money to buy Sophia a gift. And he's like, what the yeah. fuck did you do with the money, dude? You didn't buy her a gift. He's like, man, I'm poor, dude. I had to pay money on the bills. And, on the light uh, bill, yeah, and like, I don't want well, people why to know. You tell her that, yeah. like, man, I ain't supposed to tell nobody. I'm the man. I'm Romeo, dude. Look at these pecs, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. D-Lo Browns his ass a little. He's like, I'm fucking Romeo, yeah. bitch. I gotta rip. I can't let them know I'm poor, man. <laughs> and so, like, Steve, he asked her, like, can you sing? He's like, nah. Can you play an instrument? Nah. Well, can you read or recognize shapes and colors? <laughs> it's like, we'll work on recognizing shapes and colors later. <clears throat> but he's like, look, dude, I'm going to hook you up. Basically, that's all he says. So then we cut to, um, hold on, because I think we forgot. I think he gets, doesn't he threaten to quit? at some point here because i think because he gets a fight with cedric too because he's like man fuck this at some right like before at some point he's like i'm quitting and cedric's like dude i got you a fucking job dude yeah you're just gonna leave this job and they sort of get a thing so now we're here uh he's he's said to uh romeo he's gonna help him out so romeo's walking with sophia and he's like oh hey let's go in the music room real quick and uh fucking love master steve's on the fucking ivories and he starts playing a little fucking tune and uh romeo does a little spoken word poetry love note uh (laughs) on the fly which made my skin crawl but you know it is what it is it's a broke gift you know he's like happy birthday i love you i you are my sunshine you are the one (laughs) It's the thought that counts. <laughs> I kind of wanted just like some jewelry, but whatever. It's nice. Thanks. So, so it won her out. It won her over. And then like as they're leaving together, uh, Sid comes in and that's when he says, them two are hotter than a VCR in a crack house. 
<laughs> and he's like, Steve, you know, you were being a bitch. Like, you were being a super bitch about everything, but you're, we're cool now. You're yeah. actually trying a little bit. And even uh, Steve Harvey's like, yeah, I think this is going to work. He's like, I think tomorrow is going to be pretty cool. This, I just got a little bit overwhelmed. My bad. Um, and then this so, is where um, <clears throat> we kind of get the the lowdown on why Principal Greer is so pissed at Steve. So, like, after all this, Steve's got to, like, turn in – or he has to turn in the his contract that he signed. Yeah. Um, and he goes into Miss Greer's office. And, again, he's five minutes late, but we just saw him, like, make a breakthrough with fucking – Johnny Handsome over there. He, he made He's a breakthrough with his problem. Exactly. It was a dangerous mind situation almost. But um, he comes in. She's like, you're five fucking minutes late. Fucking with this. Look at your bitch ass. She even nitpicks his signature. She's like, look, taking all half a fucking page with your fucking signature. The fucking bitch ass. And he's like, wait a second. What's going on Talk to here? Me like that again, Mrs. Greer. How <laughs> stupid am I? <laughs> And she's like, does the name Cellulita ring a bell? Fat Alberta, <laughs> Blubber Butt, The Bride of Rerun. Crisco Piggy Greer. Piggy Greer! Little fat old Piggy Greer! Oh, shit. And he's not, let's just say, Steve doesn't actually, he's not very apologetic about, uh, the uh, bullying that apparently went on. Um, but Miss Greer, I mean, even says, it's like, damn, you pulled it together, girl. I would never have known. That's she wild, by the way. Beer. You think I could just walk around Perrysburg and people wouldn't know who I was, Steve? Is that where I'm at now? You think Man, they'd recognize this? We're so far removed, they wouldn't recognize you if you were still fat, Matt. No, you're right. <laughs> like, who the fuck are you, dude? You fat fuck. They'd probably still say that to me. Like those Hate families are like place. moved, are moved away or dead or like yeah, or too old to like recognize. Uh, but on that same day in '96, the '96th U.S. Golf Amateur Championship was won by Tiger Woods. Yeah. This was it. This is the start, Steve. Before the bullshit, when he was just. I remember this too when he started just annihilating golf. And I golf, Steve. I know you don't. I know you hate it or you wouldn't do it or whatever. A waste of land, I call it. I mean, it real honestly, in this day and age, it probably is with the amount of water and shit. But uh, I enjoy it and it's hard. And this motherfucker was killing it for a long time. I know it's kind of gone to shit recently, but dude, Tiger Woods is right up there. He's the he's in that echelon of Wayne Gretzky's and Michael Jordan's and all that. There's got to be one for golf. There has to be. And he's that. He is. And I mean, this is the genesis of of all of that, man. This is like, man, we're not at the Masters just yet, but man, we we keep hearing this buzz. And I didn't even never, I never still to this day didn't give a fuck about golf. But man, when we were in junior high, you couldn't avoid this Tiger mania. It had us people our age watching golf on TV. Which is why, because even when, like, I golf now, and I did it every once in a while with my dad just to do something, but I didn't like yeah. golf when I was a kid, other than uh, putt-putt. 
You know, I'd love throwing a fucking golf, uh, neon golf ball through a fucking windmill or some shit. I love that. But I wasn't watching golf on CBS. That's some nap right. time shit. Anything on CBS. Yeah. But uh, that following year, 1997, Rammstein releases the album Sin Such. Is this the Duhast album, Steve? That's the only reason I'm mentioning this album. Fliegen, schlieben, glieben, schleiben, fliegen, steiben, fliegen, bleisten. Nine. There was a couple songs on this, Steve. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know, but there was some, like, it was catchy, you know? Industrial perfect rock, Steve. See, you, you you fuck a bitch mechanically with this kind oh, of music. That's industrial freaky, sex, dude. I wouldn't want to fuck with this Remember that weird fucking uh, skit that they had on SNL with Mike Myers that was like. It was called Sprockets. Sprockets. Um, <laughs> I can't remember. Speed, reader something's like Speeder. Deeter. Deeter. <clears throat> no, I just think it was a missed opportunity that Sprockets and Rammstein never like crossed paths in some way. Uh, Dance. But in 1998, Exhibit releases the album 40 Days at 40 Nights. It's 18 tracks, 57 minutes, 40 seconds. And uh, man, this is a slept on gym, I must say. Now, Matt, you are a grand appreciator of West Coast flavor of that 90s sound. And every track on this, it, it gives you that 90s flavor, man, that 90s feel. It is in the 90s, uh, 1998, actually. And it's got features from like a lot of other underground uh, artists, man. One of them is Raskas. I don't know if you're familiar with him, um, but his name's been out there for years. But uh, Exhibit, man, uh, you know, people, is a lot Method of people- Is Man are, on this? Uh, Method Man, I do believe he, yeah, he is on this, man. It's so- It's called like Pussy I mean, Pop or some shit. I remember that one song it, it, off this. It, yeah, well, it, it, there, there's some other one that, that is the name of that one, but there's some other ones that, like, if you heard, you would probably like, okay, I've heard this before. Um, he's a dope MC, and uh, unfortunately, a lot of people remember him for that uh, Pit My Ride shit. Um, you got paid, dude. That, to think how yeah. much money that dude made off of that dumbass fucking show. So, salute to Exhibit, dude. I love it. I love the, the laugh. I feel like him and Seth Rogen, there's two people that have one laugh and it's the same laugh. And I love that. X to the Z. Ah! In that same day, Godsmack releases their debut album, Godsmack. And uh, man, we talked about it earlier, but this has quite a few bangers, man. It's got that, uh, I'm doing the best I ever did. Go away. And that voodoo. I'd have to listen to the songs, but I have the track list, and I think the song Time Bomb is fire too. It's like early on. I just remember like Time. It's just like having a fucking CD player in your car at this time, and it would just be like I would just skip songs, and it was just like you'd put a CD in, and it was like automatic. It's like go to three, go to five. 
go to whatever, you know? But, dude, fucking shout out again to Sully, dude. Can I get a fucking free mechanic outfit, please? I'm gonna... Get, I'm gonna dress as Sully in an episode of this, Steve. I just gotta go get some fucking dickies. I think I got the arms for it now. I think I could pull it off. I think I got a 40-year-old Sully in me right now. I really like that part for whatever. Like, it's just like some sounded like he reversed the vocals on it i don't like the chick on the cd booklet though i don't like that that's a night that's a nightmare tinder date right there steve that was la tinder right there if you went out with a white chick that's what happened is this non-vegan tmo fucking oh yeah like that's you can't do that. You watch your pronouns. I feel like you would do that all, all night. You're eating seitan instead of meat, and you're, you know, drinking wheatgrass shots, and then having gross, smelly sex, and so you know, getting hit Did with. Did you piercing. smell like that? <laughs> I don't believe it's deodorant. It's not, there's aluminum particles in it. It's unnatural. Yeah, I wonder where she's at. Uh, in that same day in 1998, Rob Zombie releases Hellbilly Deluxe. And damn it, this shit rocked. God, what was that? Living dead girl. Regular dig through the ditches and burn through the breaches and brown in the back of my dragular. This isn't the one though. This isn't got freak on a. It's not freak on a leash. What is that goddamn song? That was last week. Yeah, I know it was. But what is this fucking white zombie? It's bothering me. It's got the chicks having orgasms at the beginning. Bam, 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 God, what is it? And it's not Rob Zombie, but White Zombie. It's White Zombie. It's on Astro Creep 2000. I know that. I'm gonna look this up because it's pissing me off. I'm sorry, everybody. It's fucking. This is what it this is. One, We're both high. We have uh, this is gonna bother me, Steve. But Hellbilly Deluxe is. It also had Living Dead Girl, which was another fucking smacker. More human than human, Steve. Jesus Christ. Oh, that shit did go hard. Every movie preview in the 90s, it was an action movie. It had part of that song in it. It's a great Uh, movie trailer song. God, that shit. Dude, when you were just driving around to that, that shit is fucking pumped. I'm going to listen to this. I got to write that down. I'm going to listen to this working (laughs) out. Man. Uh, on that same day, 98, Lauren Hill releases The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. And man, oh man, that shit won all the awards, all the accolades. It was album of the year. It, this was like a my so-called life of, of uh, in an album. Um, because a lot of girls our age, they like listen to this the same way they would watch My So-Called Life or, or would watch a Janine Garofalo stand-up kind of way. Like, like it was a... It's an empowerment thing. It's empowerment. like a sisterhood thing, you know? And it, it made it harder for pre-adolescents like me to fuck. Like, bitch, you know too much about yourself now, damn it. Put that book down, bitch. 
Stay back a couple of decades. Come on. You were supposed to have daddy issues. Give him a nice thump on the fucking fanny and just send him on the way. Whatever happened to you having daddy issues, bitch? And this uh, is why I couldn't get laid in the the late nineties. Happened in the nineties here. Uh, we're a nonprofit <laughs> podcast, but that's not on purpose. <laughs> we're about to be a canceled podcast because of some of the views of Steve G. On a day in in August, Steve G. decided to air his grievances with females at large. <laughs> Man, it's considered you know, one of the ugliest days in internet history. <laughs> Sidetrack Steven over here. Uh, man, I stumbled across this impersonation on accident when I was on the weeds. And I just imagine uh, Richard Nixon doing the Nation of Domination. So, play <laughs> over the nation of domination. <laughs> Why? It makes no sense. I feel like that's very Richard Nixon, though. I feel like if he could have said that, he would have said that. You know what I'm saying? That guy was a scumbag. He'd say some shit like that. Nixon, I'm a Nixon. Hey, D-Lo, come over here. I got Mark Henry in the Oval Office. <laughs> oh my God, bro! Oh, Miseducation of Lauren Hill. It won a bunch of shit. Okay, and we ain't heard from her since. Like, I mean, I feel like some craziness. Had, like she just kind of went off the deep end, right? She like had kids with one of the Marleys. She canceled shows. She no showed shows. She showed up late for shows. Um, yeah, man. Uh, check on Lauren Hill. See if she's all right. If you ever see her, um, we're here for you, Lauren. We're here. Yeah, man. Ooh, na na na. It's the way that we rock when we do one our thing. Ooh, na na na. Feeling my pain with the springers. Lose your brothers. Feeling me so. Oh my God! How do we get here? I don't um, know. But that following year, 1999, in too deep, in too deep, um, in too deep. What do you think of this movie, Steve? I never seen it. Good. You know, I mean, I've seen it once, and you know me, I've watched State Property maybe 30 fucking times in my, maybe even more than that, honestly. And I'm unapologetic about that. I like movies like this. And this was in a time where, you know, there was juice. There was stuff like this. LL Cool J, they were trying to give him a pop. We get Omar Epps. It's an undercover cop movie. We've seen a lot of this. It is what it is. I think a lot of people like this movie, though. I think, you know, there was a lot of this, like, in Bromfield. I think if you looked at a lot of DVD towers in the dorms, there was a lot of uh, people that had this fucking movie, Steve. I, I, I do remember seeing it a lot, and I but I, I overlooked it, and that's why I don't have an image of it behind me. But um, <laughs> I, I see that Nia Long and Pam Greer are in it, so that's mm-hmm. worth watching. 
Um, I mean, LL I'm a Cool fan J of LL. plays a, a villain named God in it, so there's that. Wow. You know, he's got Pearl he's cutting. a little of an egomaniac, and it's not a bad movie. You know, it is, but it's kind of just like a cookie cutter, undercover cop, gangster movie. You know, it just is like put LL, it's fill in the blanks. LL Cool J, you're an evil guy, and he's really not even evil. That's what I think is kind of the shitty thing. He's sort of like. An anti—I don't know what the—it's—it's kind of just like vanilla, you know. It, it, it's like the uh, training day that tried. Definitely, but it's—I don't know. It just is what it. And like LL Cool J, you know, you know how he acts. It's like you can't have him be a kingpin. Exactly. It's just that with him with sunglasses on. Like, yeah, I'm gonna kill a motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Wonderful rest. Yo, Omar Epps, kill a motherfucker. And who doesn't like Omar Epps? I mean, he won the fucking Super Bowl for your Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> There's a definitely a family resemblance. Shout out to the Steelers who are just going under the radar this year, and I love it, Steve. I fucking love it. You do. You're, you're due. I'm, like, I'm, get off I mean, screen. it's right okay. there. And no I, I like these years where nobody is saying shit other than like, oh, the, we, they're going to be okay. That's we, fine. We see you all the time. We like, yeah. Like, we know you're here. Just, yeah. I got to say, and I've been paying attention to the Cowboys because I have friends who are fans and I like to, I like them a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And I was happy to see that a guy who just played for the Steelers named James Washington was on your team. He got injured, but if that guy comes back, that guy's a stud. So <laughs> yeah. hopefully you reap the benefits of that. He's a pro bowler. Yeah, that dude's I'm a beast. And he's yeah. like a he's got a cool story. He's just like a farmer. Like he's a farmer, you know, and that's sort of where he got his athleticism from. But the dude is a straight up beast wide receiver. He just if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver, you gotta be fucking stellar to stay on the team. Uh, no, any callbacks, ball gags, honorable mentions? <clears throat> I mean, I just got to uh, just shout out to Sully just at once again. You know, cut some sleeves off a shirt, get outside, just get sweaty and just fucking pop some Godsmack on the CD player, whatever you got, and just fucking rock out. But you can guarantee he's doing the best he's ever did. Voodoo. In the collaboration of a century, Disturbed and Godsmack present Doo Doo. Oh man, my my callbacks is uh, 1990, the, the final episode of Jim Henson's Mother Goose Stories aired. Oh, uh, I, I watched that because I was a pussy ass kid with big ears and I was a Jim Henson fan and I don't care who, who says what. Um, but also in 1990, Howard Stern show is doing an episode on George Bush and it's goddamn hilarious. And uh, he starts off the show as like a parody of Bob Hope. He's Hope Bob Hopeless. And he's got this big ass Bob Hope mask with this big nose. And he's just saying these corny ass one-liners and just being chauvinistic at the same time. It's great TV. Uh, and in this time, it, it's great YouTube because that's the new TV. 
but our people of social media, uh, the, the typical, and we got a, a new one that, that caught my eye. We got Mr. Digital Comics showing love throughout the week. We have uh, Trey Gores once again, uh, Frankie Lopez into his house, and my guy, Hector Aponte III. What's that? Well, I don't want to steal Hector Aponte III's thunder, so I'm sorry. Continue to give him flowers, but I do have something to bring up after that. Hector Aponte, I'm sorry, bro. You're Hector a king, dude. Dude, he's a fucking stud. And also, uh, Marshall Clark, not Marsha Clark from the OJ trial. Marshall, like oh. Marshall Mathers Clark. Uh, he was Sharon. He got the Sharon just, just the other day, uh, Sharon on our, our Facebooks. And, and when we ask you, please partake. You, you see something you like, man? Uh, we, I know we have a cool social media. Like, share, subscribe. Uh, the videos, comment. Now, you just show, even the posters, like share some of our poster art. I take some time. I make some nice posts. Steve, this week or last week, eight, episode 83, you as fucking Raiden, Steve. I mean, I, 83. I was in, right. but uh, I do want to Hector Aponte continue just being a king amongst men. Thank you for tuning in. Um, but I did represent us uh, with Kendra and AKA Crushgasm. Uh, on a trivia show that we did together about The Office. Uh, the show is called Pub Trivia Experience. And uh, while we did come in second out of two teams, it was a, just a narrow loss. We almost took home a win. And uh, I feel like I uh, we got some love for the show. We should be uh, hopefully seeing some people check it out. And it was a fun time. We should do it sometime for something else because a lot of 90s love on that show, Steve. Oh, man, if, if it's a Fresh Prince or Martin, like, they don't, don't stand get, a chance. I'm telling you, dude, I'm a, me and Kendra, before the uh, pandemic and shit, we were doing trivias at trivia nights at bars in L.A. And I don't like going to bars too much, but I do like doing trivia. And we won some. We came in like top two or three most times. And I, I feel good about doing trivia. I think we could kill it. I think we could come nice. in and just fucking swoop some wins in, Steve. Because you, you have like a, it's almost like a savant. I want to call it, say you have like have a retarded energy, <laughs> but it's like uh, a savant thing, you know. Savant you got a rain or man pathetic, uh, yeah. However, whatever your perception is, uh, and you know that's why I start podcasts. <laughs> Steve, you're a genius, and I love you, and you know you're cool. I love you too, buddy. Please like, share, subscribe, and comment. And uh, what does your mom's panty smell like? <laughs> Tell me what that thing smells like. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Happened in the Check 90s. Out and Crushgasm every Wednesday and B3F Podcast. And don't worry, be movies with Amanda and Wade. Y'all be cool. This is Steve G and Maggie with Happened in the 90s. Whoa, whoa.